Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 63. I am your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the talented creative team, Andre Owens and John Crosby. They're here to talk to us about their newest Kickstarter, Sisters of Power, the yeah. futuristic adventures of an all-women's detective agency on Earth's rebellious moon facing galactic threats yes. uh and this is coming out on thursday correct thursday yes thursday we go live thursday uh, i think it's going to be 1 p.m west coast american time and 4 p.m east coast uh, u.s time okay wow that's exciting so yeah. talk to us a bit about uh so first of all andre before we went on the air i was mentioning that you were on you were on i think it was episode six or seven was it of, really yeah. yeah yeah i think it was oh my god was, yeah, so needless to say, a, a year into it, yeah, and, yeah. and so we, you know, we talked and we we we, we kind of get a little bit of your background, and and now John is John's new to the show, so really curious before we jump in and start talking a bit about your 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 Kickstarter coming out in a couple of days. How did you two of you get together and collaborate on this? On this oh wow, well, that's a that's actually a, a long time story. John and I met. <laughs> I mean, what was it, 15 years ago? On um, There's a website called, there used to be a website called blacksuperhero.com. And um, there was a message board called Hero Talk, where we'd all get together. And you know, it was before social media. So it was this um, thing where we, you know, people were interested in indie black comics. Not even just indie, but all black comics or you know, Afro Afrocentric things. And John was one of the few. We had we have many white members, but John was one of the few white members that stuck around the entire time. So that's when, you know, when I first met him was over that site. And I don't think we've. I don't think this. I think this may be the first time we've actually even looked at each other in, in person and talking. We've spoken to phone, but you know. Um, yeah, I think I've watched. I think I've watched like videos of you, like being interviewed by other people. That's about as much as I've gotten from like actual like FaceTime. Yeah. So so yeah. So you know, I knew John. So I've known him a long time, and we've been friends, you know, on Facebook. And I knew he was a really talented writer, and he he's a guy with like. The dude has like a million ideas, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes I'm afraid I'm gonna steal some of his ideas just talking to him. Um, you know, he has a thousand characters in his head, probably got more. Um, so, you know, he's the ideal person to collaborate on this project when it came up. And, and so talk to, so how did that, how did that happen for you, John? So Andre reached out to you uh, to work on Sisters of Power. How did that, how did that interaction happen? Well, I think it was a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he reached out to me as far as the kind of the first attempt at, at, at relaunching, trying to think of villains and whatnot. And I'm not sure if I want to spoil anything, but I, I gave him some other ideas for villains and then he went ahead and chose one. And then, with, I mean, Andre's got a thousand different books out. So, you know, MG and Sisters of Power kind of got pushed back a little bit more. And then, um, he kind of had like an open post on Facebook for people to work on something else entirely. Yeah. And I was working with him on that. And then he was looking at for writers for Sisters of Power and he's like, I'm not really finding anybody. And I was like, well, since I'm already writing something now, let me take a crack at it. And then I just blew up his inbox with just, I just stayed up late one night and I was probably a little bit delirious. Like it was like an all nighter and just like, you know, tons of coffee. And I was just like scribbling out ideas. And I kind of 
passed out and then woke up and like kind of formed it into something that made sense and shot it his way. And that's kind of how things started. <laughs> so, so, so let's talk a bit about uh, Sisters of Power. Uh, we have an image that, uh, so this is reset is coming out on, on, on March 4th is coming out. It's coming out on Thursday and you have, I did, I did some homework here. So let me make sure I get this right. It's you, you get your five characters. Right. Um, you got Symmetra. Symmetra in the green. Yes. Yep. Phaedra. Phaedra's on the left in the white. Ren. Ren is in the red with the blonde hair. Okay. Uh, blue diamond. Blue diamond is the blue girl. She's a half, a half gray alien, half Japanese character. Okay. And then MG. MG sitting in the middle. She's the the, the leader of the group. She's yeah. a leader. She's she her so so her power is like she's super strong, correct? Yeah. So uh, it, it's so funny. The MG is um. So the step. Let me step back here a little bit. So okay. the original MG and the Sisters of Power was created back in the late '90s. I created them back in the late '90s, and they appeared in my um my anthology Force Galaxia. And um the MG characters Force Galaxia in this in the stories there was the three inter interrelated stories within each book. Um, one was um about MG and uh, my character Super Green when they were teenagers in this group called Force Galaxia's Kids. And then the second and third stories were them as adults. So there's a story called MG and the Sisters of Power. So this, she actually debuted ba back in the 90s. Oh, wow. um, so my whole idea was, you know, I, uh, I'm, some of my favorite female characters are like um, Supergirl or, you know, these women that have these, these immense powers. So I always wanted to create a character that had, the, you know, had these, these kind of powers. And if you want to step back even further, um, MG actually was originally created back when I was a kid, um, when I created the original character, you know, like a lot of us uh, um, comic book people do, we created characters as kids. Um, so I created this character, MG, but her name was Muscle Girl. So that's what MG actually stands uh -huh. for. So, um, you know, when I was going to make my new comics in the 90s, when I was finally going to update and actually try to pursue comic creating, I just, you know, I just updated her to do that. So okay. that's where she came from. And and so, so, and yeah, so she was super, she's super strong. Mm -hmm. uh, Symmet Symmetra is yeah, Symmetra. Symmetra a, a weapon savant. Yeah, a weapon savant. Correct. She can turn anything into a destructive, you know, destructive uh, weapon of something, a, a weapon of destruction. Um, and the thing about uh, uh, Symmetra is um, her name is, uh, it's, it's Artemis backwards. So she's uh, very skilled with, you know, all weapons. Oh, like that's goddess cool. Artemis. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like when you come up with these characters, you know, you try to come up with reasons like, you know, why they have names and, you know, give them a justification for that name. Okay. And, and then, and then you have Phaedra who has, who can shoot plasma charges from her hands. Yes, Phaedra's, Phaedra's the, probably the most powerful member uh, that can shoot projectile images. She's the youngest, the most impulsive, but also the most curious, which makes her the best detective within this uh, all-women's detective agency. Okay, okay. And then you have uh, Ren, who's the martial artist, and she's the she's the blonde, correct? Yeah, right? yeah, she's, yeah uh, Ren seems friendly and is a very friendly person, you know, warm, uh, hospitable, but uh, you don't want to get on her wrong side because she does have the skills from a thousand different worlds of their fighting skills. So she can really defeat um, anyone. Even though MG has superpowers and super strength, Ren could probably beat her in a one-on-one -on -one fight because she has uh, so much skills. Okay. And then you have Blue Diamond who can turn she can she's she changes sizes. Is that yeah, right? she can shrink. So, you know, um she maybe you know, we may go to a thing where she can grow like in uh, like Ant Man can do in you know Marvel comics, but right now she can shrink the microscopic sizes, she retains her her human strength, and she can use a a, a diamond punch to hit people with. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. 
All right. And is, yeah. and so, and so I, so you, you, you have these five characters. So talk to us about what you did. So what were the ideas that John, that you brought to the table um, that, that we see now in the finished product? Um, well, for this particular book, I think I, out of all the stuff I kind of put forward, I don't know why, but I really like space pirates for some reason, just, you know, stealing from planets and ships and stuff like that. So, um, but I felt like that by in and of itself wasn't enough to really give you a story. Mm -hmm. So I kind of introduced a second group, um, the knife monks. So it's kind of, you're 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 having the the pirates clashing with the knife monks and you're having kind of sisters of power trying to figure out what the heck's going on because they're kind of finding themselves in the middle and i sent a big list of potential pirates to andre and i was like okay here's a bunch kind of pick like half of them and we'll be off to the races he's like we're keeping all of them i was like okay cool all right all right so now everybody Got to make sure everybody fits in um, correctly. But um, I like stories where there's some gray area and that the Sisters of Power will look at, you know, these two different groups through different lenses. And I wanted the story to allow to have perceptions kind of change throughout the, the course of um, what's going on, both the reader perception. Um, Oh no. The knife monks perceptions of the pirates. They also... Okay. And so so talk to us a bit. So what will people what can people expect from this Kickstarter? Like is that how 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 big of a how big of a story is this, Andre? Oh well it's uh we're thinking right now it's gonna be four issues total. Um okay. you know, what we're done. So we're doing this first Kickstarter thing. The artwork is all all done. Um it's being lettered right now. So the book is completely is going to be completely done once the Kickstarter is completed. So okay. unlike my last um, Kickstarter, which was Bovine League, which took a couple of years to complete, this will be in people's hands by June. So oh, wow. um, okay. yeah, so it's going to be a, you know a quick it's going to be a quick turnaround to get this done. Um, so that that's what the Kickstarter funds are going to be used for is to pay for printing, um, distribution, uh, shipping, um, paying John you know a fee, um, you know maybe maybe even getting a, and if we get enough money being able to finance uh, issue two, you know, and uh, off of this Kickstarter and then do, and then subsequently do another Kickstarter for each, you know, each issue. Um, the, uh, the, 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 pro the, the problem, I, one of the problems that I find with, um, with a lot of uh, um, Kickstarters is that delay in getting, you know, your product after you've, you've, you've donated. So okay. I'm trying to, you know, alleviate that in, in this one. And so is this this take place? I mean, we talked uh, uh, last year about your uh, your bovine links and your your force galaxia. Is this part of the same? Yeah, it's all, as well? it's all you know. I, it's all in my you know this crazy universe I have in my head. I mean, in my mind, all of the hero unlimited books are are in the same universe, including my one called the Stone Age about a uh, bong store on Melrose right. Avenue. So that's you know, in my mind, that's still set. That's set you know in our time. And these other stories are set in the future, but it's all within the same universe. So if there's some time travel, we can cross over. And speaking of time travel, that's actually, um, I think that's something John and I discussed about uh, after the first four issues, moving on to, um, uh, uh, in the next story arc, dealing with some time travel with some other characters coming forward. Um, okay. Yeah, like even within this uh, first story arc of, you know, of Force, of um, Force Galaxy, of um, 
I know, I'm so stuck on it. Of uh, Sisters of Power is that uh, we will introduce other characters also. There's a character that was introduced in Force Galaxia um, named Mass Last. And she was a teenager back then, but now she's an adult. And she um, had adventures with MG then. Um, she's a character that, um, that can control gravity. So essentially, she becomes one of the most powerful characters in our universe because she can literally make, you know, many black holes right in front in front of you and suck you into them. So, you know, when, when you have that kind of power, it gives you a lot of, you know, that's power over nature itself. Right. So what can people expect from uh, that? What's the storyline? What's the, what's the synopsis or what, without giving anything away of any of the, the pieces of it, but uh, for, for, for your backers, what, uh, what's the genre of story? What's the, what's the, the back of the cover uh, oh. synopsis on this? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, uh, um, um, the, uh, well, I guess the shorthand is um, the sisters of power get themselves, find themselves caught between, uh, two different factions, a uh, space pirates faction and a night monks faction that are warring over uh, uh, space drugs, basically. So the, the sisters get get stuck between them and have to figure out, you know, which side is like John was saying, it's, you know, neither side is good or evil. You know, the sisters have to figure out where that gray area is to be able to, um, you know, take out whoever the wrong persons are. I mean, you know, it's, throughout the story, they'll be fighting all, you know, they, like we have space pirates, we have knife monks, we have giant robots. Um, we have uh, we have uh, casino owners, um, you know. So there's a, there's a lot to lot to happen in these first four issues. And yeah, what's and the, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I think, John. Uh, I think um, one thing that like I was trying to do, and definitely Andre helped a lot, is even though there's all these like sh shifting feelings across the board from one group to another, there's also kind of gradients of I guess good and evil, or or however you want to call it, even within the individual groups. So some pirates are going to be a lot more despicable than others versus other pirates. You're kind of like, why are they even associating with these people? Same for the knife monks. And then even the sisters of power kind of find themselves in kind of sticky situations. And that's kind of why I like the city is maybe not like your typical leader per se. She's, right. she's got a little bit more swag. She's a little bit, easier to anger sometimes. I've never liked the Cyclops type leaders. I like the ones who are a little bit different than the average. I'm, I'm more of a Havoc guy myself, but <laughs> I liked it. I liked MG because she's, she's got, I, the way I put it is she's got a little bit of Lobo in her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's just my opinion. She's just, but it works, but it works. In the team dynamic, it works. So yeah, as I'm sorry, so Andre, as as a, as as the, as a creator of the characters, but then the, with John as the as the as a as a co-writer for you, um, how much did you how much did you see what John did kind of help flush out uh, some of these uh, oh, some of the characters there? A tremendous amount. I mean, I've been writing, you know, I've been working on these characters for you know twenty years basically. So I thought I knew what they, you know, how they would react to situations and things. And this is actually this. I wouldn't say it's a a hard reboot, but it's a light reboot. As we've changed, um, we have a new artist, uh, Cesar Mora, who's a fantastic artist out of Boca Colombia. Um, he's working on. He's doing the, the work for this, and you know, we can't thank him enough for all the work he's done, designs he's made. But he redesigned the sisters. This is actually their second incarnation. So, um, um, uh. I forget where you go. Where the question was. I'm sorry. Uh, how much did how much did John uh, put into actually uh, fleshing out the the characters? Oh, so let's say quite a bit actually. You know, John, uh, when we rebooted, that's that was one of the things I was looking. So I let me step back. Uh, I was looking for a, a co-writer, 
And I was actually looking for a woman co-writer because it's the Sisters of Power. And I approached several of my women friends uh, to do it, you know, people I knew were writers. Unfortunately, the ones that were interested were too busy. Other people weren't interested in doing this, you know, this uh, basically a male fantasy, you know, uh, um, story, you know what I mean? Um, so um, when I, I thought, well, what of my, you know, who do I know that's got talent that can help and do this and do this in a good way that won't become off as, you know, a sexist throwaway. And I thought of John, we had worked together. He had written, um, I have another comic called Hero Unlimited One Shot. And he had written um, a story for that, uh, Solar Cowboy and um, Kid Neptune. Um, so he, uh, he, I worked with him on that. So I thought, well, you know, this guy's really good at this. He's got a zillion ideas. Let's go to him. So, you know, when I came in and brought in the characters, he was able to um, work out the, the relationships better than what I had, you know, between the characters, the dynamics between the characters. Um, you know, he's, he's able to capture the, like MG speaks is this Cockney spouting, you know, uh, a badass basically. I don't I hate to use that term, but she is. Um, and John was able to get more, human, you know, humanize her more. Right. And so, so John, with, as you were writing this, did you kind of, are, are you more, do you lean more towards having some favorite characters than, than you originally thought you would have? Um, depends on what day you ask me. Um, I, I posted on Facebook all about Phaedra, and then I went to bed, and as I was dozing off, I had, like, I haven't told Andre yet, I had, like, a really good kind of set piece for MG and, like, what would be the next arc, like, the next two issues after these four, and I was like, oh, man, I love MG now. So it, it changes every day. So yeah. I feel like that's important with any character that there's going to be, there should be favorites. There should be ones that aren't favorites, but there should be some kind of through line that's going to attract people to those characters. No matter what, you're going to find some something in each one of those characters that you might be able to relate to, which right. makes it so if anything terrible happens to them or if they make a mistake or they mess up, then it means more to the reader if it's somebody that they're drawn to that like, oh, no, Blue Diamond, why did you do that? That sort of thing. So. It, it depends on the day because I my fear was I wasn't going to be able to get the characterization down the way I wanted to for somebody else's property right. and then it went from that to oh no I can't stop thinking about these characters like I'm not thinking of any anything else I'm like wait did I eat today like it's <laughs> like I'm just like I'm just I keep on popping up with things and it's the I, I've got a lot of stuff that Andre hasn't seen yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And for 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 the creator of that, Andre, how much have you just handed over to 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 John and said, "All right, this is you've, you created like a a zone of responsibility or something to say I won't touch anything as long as it stays within its parameters." Or how well, does that I, work? I, 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 I don't say I give that much latitude, but um. <laughs> Um, there, you know, I, I do like reading off his ideas. Like we, um, we know, you know, he has plotted out the, the next, the next issue really well. And I like reading his ideas. Of course, there's things that I, there are elements that I would want to add to it and things I think that will make it better story-wise, just, just in general, you know, just, just, just in general storytelling. Um, but literally I'm just letting him run with it right now because he's going to write the direction I really like. Um, you know, I'd say he's writing about, you know, 65, 70% of what's going on. Um, you know, and I'm coming up with the rest. Uh, and it's really, it's really helpful right now because I'm, I'm actually super busy with a lot of other projects. So this, it, it helps me to know it. 
it, it alleviates my feelings knowing that John's taking care of this and that, that I can trust him. You know, it's yeah. like when I talk to my artists. You know, a lot of my artists will be like, "Well, you know, how do you want this?" I'm like, "Well, I'll tell you how I want it, but I'm hiring you, and I trust you as the artist. You know, that's why I'm hiring you. So yeah. I'm not going to micromanage you know what you're doing. But you know." I think it comes from working as um, in uh, in film as from a cinematographer um, you know, point of view that uh, that you had to trust your, that the director was going to get the actors to do the right thing and you got to concern yourself with what your job was, you know. So, let so let me let me ask you this then. I'm I'm, I'm kind of curious about this. Does so when you know you know John and Andrew when you kind of flushed out the the, the storyline itself where you kind of had the detective agency kind of caught between the, the monks and the pirates. Did you was there also strife within the within the agency? Did some characters kind of lean more towards the pirates, the other ones towards the monks? Did there was there any uh, conflict happening within the uh, within the Sisters of Power? John, you want to take that or? Oh yeah, no. Um, and that's kind of I had like the bare like the more I looked at the idea, the more I saw the potential to kind of have disagreements within the group. So they're kind of dealing with external and internal threats where, you know, some characters see these characters side and some characters see like the pirates versus the knife monks and some char one character is a little bit more balanced and neutral mm -hmm. and try to like rein things in. And then it's almost like you kind of see both, both sides where the pirates will do something horrible, but then, then some of them seem like they're okay or they're against like the horrible things that maybe some of the other ones did. And that kind of cascades into the decisions of power and how they're treating each of those groups. So they don't always agree on how to treat each of those groups. And what I wanted to do with this was kind of go in four issues, go in, kind of throw a whole bunch of things in there and go in kind of big. But I wanted it to be kind of a grenade that's kind of thrown in where even after these four issues, I would want I would want people to see some of the after effects within the team from these four issues, whether it be from the fights themselves or from the interpersonal conflict from how they treated the knife monks or how they treated the pirates or how they treated anything in between. Right. Yeah, I think I think a lot of what happens is um you know um, the way John writes and the way it is that a lot of the conflicts come from the character. You know the, the the characters, the people, their their own characterization, so that they'll have to, you know, you know what, you know, this John, or, or I don't know if you're right, Barney, but um, you know, characters have a way of taking on their own life, and and you put them in a situation, they can only react in certain ways because that's who they are, and John is a really good way of capturing that, you know, being able to identify that. Right, and so, so 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 with that said, what's your uh, do you have uh, some plans on what your your Kickstarter levels are going to look like for this? For the yeah, the Kickstarter levels are good. So, um, you know, I uh, I've, I uh, named all the named all the Kickstarter levels after the word sisters in different languages. So okay. it's each each level is named is sisters, but in a different language. So there's like a there's an easy there's like a ten dollar tier where you can um yeah there you go there's a ten dollar tier where you can just get the PDF. There's a fifteen dollar tier where you can get the PDF plus other PDFs from Hero Unlimited. At the twenty dollar tier, you're able to get the the physical copy plus the PDFs. At twenty five, we give the physical copy plus a bovine leg. At fifty, we give I believe it's every Hero Unlimited um um uh, physical copy of all of our books 
Um, and then there's a hundred dollar tier that offers more. There's a hundred and fifty dollar tier that's uh that's limited to five because we're offering um you to be you or someone you love to be drawn into issue two of the Sisters of Power. So there's oh. that. And then there's a, a higher level where um I give um where it's all of the earlier um levels uh, tiers plus uh, you get um uh, actual artwork from the original Force Galaxia. So um actual comic book boards uh, that the artist drew on. So you're basically then committed to issue two if you have yeah. one tier level that is going to be issue two is going to be going to be done i'm going to we're going to start on that i mean john's already written quite a bit of it and i'm going to go there and try to you know get 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 it put together but um i'm hoping to start issue two in you know in july or june as soon as we get the money the money that we get from this will be put back in issue two once i can you know once i pay out the expenses that we have to pay the letter and pay john right. so you know that's why because i'm looking to get three thousand dollars um you know, I'm hoping, hoping we'll get that. Hopefully, we'll move up and we'll get a, um, a a little more. But that should give me enough to pay uh, Cesar to, well, and out-of-pocket money, too, of course. But enough to give, um, you know, pay about 60% of the money I, I need to pay him. Right. So do you have, so for, for your fans of Force Galaxia and Bovine Link, do you have any, like, Easter eggs within in here in Sisters of Power that people will be able to look for? Yeah, there's. It's funny. I, uh, I, um, I, uh, uh, there's none that I can that I, I want. I don't. I don't want to say. There's there <laughs> artistic things in there that are that are allusions to to earlier stuff. So I'll just let the fans work that out themselves and, and notice that when they see it. Um, you know, it's like you know, um, it's a. Uh, uh, I don't. John hasn't probably done a lot of conventions like I have, but you know, at conventions you get people who come up to you on a Friday and they'll buy your book and they'll come back on a Saturday. They'll be like, "Why is X Y Z are done?" You know, and you're just like, "Well." I just made it up, man. I have no idea. You know? <laughs> so yeah. So, but there were definitely there were definitely Easter eggs with it. There'll be the, the Easter eggs within Sisters of Power. Um, right. You know, like, like I said, the, you know, the, since the universes are crossover, like I'm, I've got a long-term project called Omega Chronicles, which I'd love to come back and talk to you about it once it's getting closer to completion. But it's um, uh, 20 years into making graphic novels, so it's uh, like 240 pages. Um, but within that, the, you know, I uh, I actually have elements. There's allusions to other characters, you know, in for the Force Galaxia universe. So, so John, when you uh, signed up to work with Andre, uh, how much homework did you have to do in kind of reading the backstories and trying to understanding the the uh, this the, the universe that Andre created? Well, um, he sent me a whole bunch of stuff that I wasn't even aware of. Far just kind of about planets and all this other stuff but um like i like i said before i went on air i was you know forever ago when force galaxia the first one came out i was buying it it was the first thing i bought from that was nd3 like the hero talk message board so i kind of went in with a little bit of familiarity um and he just sent me a whole bunch of resources which to to go by and um there's a lot of they're really great characters and so it made things a lot easier between the actual characters themselves and what Andre gave me and kind of the idea of where he was kind of wanting to take it. It gave me a good jumping on point. And then it was just, you know, for the longest time, we we're just going back and forth, back and forth. And it was almost like, you know, come home from work and there's like three or four emails going, oh, wait, this, 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 this. So it just, it, it happened, it was pretty easy. It was pretty easy, it was just like wildfire where it was, you know, we, we'd almost have like almost like same ideas at the same time or, you know, to go back to what he was saying earlier, 
you know, he's obviously been doing it a lot longer than me. And he, I would send something to him and he'd send it back with like corrections or like, or he'd change the dialogue a little bit or he'd add a whole new dialogue and I'd read it. So good. Like I enjoy, I enjoy, I'm sitting there reading a book and I'm, 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 I'm writing it, but I'm enjoying it too. Just kind of the interplay and kind of like the things I wasn't expecting from something I was writing. Cause I know Andre did. I don't want to say I don't I don't want to you know give away what what chunks are Andre chunks and what chunks are John chunks but the Andre chunks are pretty dang good. It was, so it was, it was easy. right. So let me ask you. So when you when you the two of you started working on Sisters of Power issue number one, did you already have written out? Uh, how much how much John did you uh, did you influence on like the 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 powers of all five or is that already established ahead of time? Um, a lot of that was established ahead of time. There were certain things that Andre said that he wanted to focus on and things he wanted to downplay, maybe things you're not going to see as much as maybe you wore in previous uh, Sisters of Power or anything from Force Galaxia. So as far as powers uh, and abilities, um, I didn't have so much influence on that, but it's more so um, working on their interplay a little bit more and also kind of back building some of the other characters as far as where they come from because you have blue diamond and you have uh mg you know you have you have that backstory of forest galaxia you have them being there and you have something to go by but as far as ren or phaedra there was a little bit more room to build them out a bit more so I have, I have documents upon documents of documents that relate to stuff that Andre hasn't seen. I've gone in a little bit obsessive when it comes to, um, he sent me the planets. I sent him back more planets. So yeah. there's tons of planets. There's, you know, family. There's people. Oh, John, that, he even has a whole, uh, a whole group called the Sisterhood of Power from the future. Oh, that he's cool. character. So, you know, yeah, I, I'll reveal that. But yeah, he's, you know, John's coming up with so many great things. I mean, that, you know, it's it's because I write a whole bunch of different things. So sometimes, you know, as a writer, you may, I don't, I, I may have characters that start sounding similar, you know, even though I'm not intending them to. So having a co-writer like with John on this is definitely, it's opened my mind to a lot of different possibilities where I, you know, I wouldn't think the characters would go. So it, re it really helps a lot. So yeah. let me ask you I a think, question. I think everything, oh. oh, go for it. Yeah, Dan, I just think I just uh, what I've been uh, when I've been doing it. They like kind of what Andre was saying about things writing themselves. They've just every every character in a lot of these worlds and all these villains. Even they've just kind of started branching off in their own direction, kind of almost independent of me. So that makes it easier too. Where I'm just like. I don't know how I got to this idea, but it's, they're just kind of moving on their own. So that definitely helps pop, so, populate the universe and make it real. So the challenge that uh, the, the challenge of writing comic book heroes is making sure that their their powers are utilized. So, so how, how overt were you, were you just, you, you kind of, uh, that either, either of you kind of had to finagle the story in a certain way where, you know, you know, for instance, like that Phaedra or Ren were able to utilize their strengths or um, how much of the story did you have to 
kind of shove in a certain direction just to make sure that everybody has their own quote unquote screen time. Well, I think it came across pretty. I'm sorry, go ahead, John. Yeah, for me, I think, I mean, there it's very easy to write a lot of them as far as just what's there on the page from the description as far as uh, how they're going to work in a fight, how to set up the fights. I think the fun part is working with Phaedra for the most part because, you know, someone like Phaedra, if, if you had a evil version of Phaedra, all the fights would be over in one page for the most part. So it's try to figure out how to temper Phaedra and make that a part of her personality where she could just obliterate anything and everything. And I've, I've been Googling Plasma, it's bad, but you know, just trying to, just trying to take what she has and utilize that in a way that's not going to be super lethal a hundred percent of the time. And she wipes out everybody and maybe like a teammate accidentally. And you know, you have three pages of story. So that, Right. Working around that, I think, is the hard part, and everything else has been pretty easy as far as just to go back to earlier. It, it kind of writes the it's like the base that Andre has. Stuff just writes itself for the most, right. the most part. Well, and yeah, like uh, and like I think with all good you know all good drama or all good things, the the villain is you know more powerful. The villain's right. overpowered. You know, you don't you know it's it's hard you know. I think it's one of the reasons why it was so hard for some people to write Superman a lot of times because Superman's such a powerful character and to put him in situations where there's actually some kind of threat, you know. So um, we try to, at least for at least for my end, I try to make villains much more powerful, um, you know, um, much more in touch with their powers than, the, than say Phaedra. Phaedra's supposed to be a teenager, so she's still learning her powers. She's still learning the the the, the length she'll go, the things she would do. You know, if you had someone like Vren having Phaedra's powers, it would be it would be a different story. You know, because um, she would use those powers probably to wipe people out. Um, but you know, someone like Phaedra is just learning. So I, it, it's um, one of the cool things I love about writing uh, this and writing with John is that you know each character is going through their own story arc. Each character is learning their own lessons. You know, it's like um, you know, it's like with drama. Um, you know, one of the I think one of the things you the characters learn in drama is either gain confidence or they learn to care. You know, that's the, and if you have several characters, one's doing one thing and one's doing the other. So I think that's one of the things that we keep in mind when we're, you know, we try to keep in mind while we're writing these characters, you know, um, we have like, uh, you know, um, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like the advice I, uh, when I was directing, I gave the actors, you know, you have to begin with the end in mind, mm. if that makes any sense. You know, you have to understand where the end is going to be. That way you can work towards that, that goal. And, and how you get there is gonna is gonna just gonna come out, you know. It's just like with J uh, John and I working together, you know. I have I I wasn't thinking the direction this is gonna go the way it's gonna go, but working with him, it makes perfect sense that it goes that way. Right. <laughs> so so how much how much of it then? How much how much of that that you've set up? So when the two of you started working together, as you said, j just to clarify, you had to write out the entire story arc, kind of hash that out ahead of time, correct? Well, it's so funny, working with John, he's so inventive, he actually came up with this story arc, you know, without me actually having to give a lot of input. Um, I mean, I gave him, I, I had an idea what I wanted to do, you know, like the, I mean, it's set on Earth's moon, it's, you know, there's certain parameters where it was because that's where the story takes place. But um, like, honestly, I, I, I had an idea of where the story was gonna go, but when John came back with his plot, it was just like, well, I, I, I never thought about going that way. Like. The whole knife monk idea—that's something that wouldn't I just wouldn't have come up with, you know. So it really it really helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so what can uh, 
so for, for for the readers, do they for the people that are going to be backing backing this, um, and do you what what can they expect from uh, you know specific you know uh, character arcs for all five? Well, like I said, I think um, you know, like like with most, like I said, with most drama, you know, characters learn one of two things. So right. I think that you'll have certain characters learning to gain confidence, like a Phaedra would learn to gain confidence. Um, Symmetra doesn't need that. Symmetra is so confident; she's overconfident. She's, you know, Symmetra's the one, the the person that was kicked out of the the Milky Way Defense Marines, dishonorably discharged, and kicked out of Earth Police because she couldn't take orders. So you know, people will learn; they'll learn different things throughout their throughout the the story arc. Um, you know, MG is someone who I think you know is so used to working alone. She has to learn to to let her let her her um, teammates do their job. Right. You know, instead of just stepping in and saying, "Well, I'm super strong. I'm super. You know, I can take this out." Right. So there's so, so, so really exciting to hear about. There's a lot of good three dimensional character development that's happening with each one. Everybody kind of has some flaw that they have to overcome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And Joe, John. Yeah. Um. Like for me. I wanted to make each of these arcs to a certain extent um, exploring growth or maybe, and sometimes people don't grow, sometimes they stay the same, sometimes they revert and kind of exploring that within each arc and then kind of using those arcs as puzzle pieces as far as a greater um, exploration of each, each of the characters. For me, like one thing that kind of popped into my head um, lately that I kind of wanted to get into is MG super strong. She can punch through people's heads. She can tear people limb from limb. And sometimes she might. <laughs> but you know, there, there's a lot of bluster and there's a lot of sometimes there's a lot of anger. And that part is the part that interests me a lot as far as like there's a little bit of an anti-Superman element to it, where you know Superman is always like very super careful about. No, Superman's not going to kill. Depends on what movie you watch. Um, but with MG, she just, you know, the, the stuff that, you know, Andrea sent to me from Force Galaxia, you know, just cutting heads off and punching through all, all these, you know, punch through your enemies. Uh, one of the things I want to explore is, you know, she's doing it. She can do it. But why is she doing that? Where, where, where is MG's restraint and everything, especially as a leader? And that's where not only MG interests me, but also Blue Diamond interests me as far as a counterbalance to MG, where MG, you know, might get too close to, to the flame and Blue Diamond is kind of the one, you know, to kind of pull it back sometimes. So there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of on the page and, and kind of percolating in my head as far as where are these characters now, where were they, and, and, and where are they expected to go, not only in the future, but in individual art. And MG and MG herself, there's a you know I have a, there's a lot of background um, that we have for her just in general. I have the whole she's supposedly from a planet called Amogoringa that um, was a um, uh, a male dominated planet, even though they were a small minority, only like five percent of the population, ninety five percent were female, and but they were it was like an apartheid state. They were running everything, and MG helped overturn this. So that was her claim to fame. Um, so we have a we have an in depth background of that. Actually, we, we'd like to explore that world in um, issues five and six. Um, you know, once we finish for this first story arc, we'd like to explore Amagoringa and see you know just see that world of how it works. And um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty fun. So, who do you identify most with? Who do you see yourself most in? Which character? Oh, me, uh, MG. 
MGZZ. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's easy me. Because I, I, I mean, not me. Maybe not me as an as an older person with with less testosterone flowing through me, but definitely as me as a young person who who would fly off the handle, you know, just would run headlong into things. You know, I'm the guy that knocked three teeth out playing football. You know, so I'm I I was that idiot. So MG's more that person. You know, maybe act before they think. Um, you know, um, so I, I kind of identify her. And plus, I've been writing her story since I was a little kid. You know, like I said, she was she was muscle girl. So I've known this kid. I've been with this character since I was six or seven years old. Right. What about you, John? Uh, you know what? I I, I want to say MG a little bit because it's kind of like with all like the, the anger stuff I'm touching upon. It's, I feel like I'm giving my myself like like I'm laying on the couch and I'm my own like psychologist. But I think. One of the through lines I have with Blue Diamond is what I really connect to because if you look at the Andre's old stuff with Blue Diamond, super bubbly, super upbeat, and she is now, but there's she's gone through a lot. She's seen a lot. She's been in the game for a while that um, she's not as bubbly as she used to be and that's kind of something i i relate to it's kind of with blue diamond it is taking her to a point where she's getting back in touch with her younger self that lighter person that bubbly person and not letting like the stain of battling pirates or battling your teammates or going into fights and all the stuff not letting all the, the negativity and all the nastiness get to her and kind of reclaim some of that bubbly blue diamond old school sports galaxia self that was she was before so that's kind of where i'm at <laughs> that's exciting so you have so as we said march 4th uh, march. march 4th is the launch of, of 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 sisters of power issue number one and how many pages did you say it's going to be andre oh, 30, 30 pages 30 pages okay wow 30 all pages, right yeah. Yeah. pages yeah it's a good nice size book you know um it allows us to explore the world. The, the world's a little better. Um, I like. To, I like to. I like to. You know. I. I mean, ideally, we'd have. You know, we could do it enough where we just do a, a standalone graphic novel, but financially, just not capable. So, I like the idea. I like the idea of uh, giving uh, giving the audience enough pages to really enjoy it and um, you know explore more than just the traditional twenty two pages of comic. Right. Yeah. And did you what? And anything you, you uh, the two of you had to kind of like shave out or say we got to put this in the next issue? It's just we you kind of wanted to stay within that thirty page limit. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, I think John's original script actually, I, it may have had a, it may have been a thirty pages. And I cut a page out. I think maybe twenty nine now, but just that was only just for uh, clarity of script story, you know, storytelling. Um, I mean, the, I guess some of the bigger things that that I would think would be left out was there's. Um, we wanted since this is issue one. We want to introduce the characters, introduce the you know all their their antagonists. So I don't think we got enough. Um, we weren't able to do enough uh, characterization of the individual sisters within this first issue. You know, to get all their like the, the the things that we're talking about, how we know their personalities. I don't think that's all comes across in this first issue, but it will by the end of you know, issue four. Okay. Well, so this is, I'm excited about this. And, you know, as Andre, I'm always, I'm always a backer of yes. anything from here. So um, I, I got notified on launch. I'll wait for this to pop in. And you get any early bird? And you get any early bird stuff on there? Yeah, I'm, I, we're going to give out, um, we're going to give out, I think it's going to be for the first three days. We're going to give out um, four, uh, four slides. Yeah. Bovine League number zero, the physical copy, okay. will go to all the people. So that was the preview issue of Bovine League. Okay. 
All right, cool. Then, I got well, no, then we're gonna we're going to um, we're going to be giving away a bunch of you know um, eventually uh, for different tiers. Once we get to a level, we'll be giving away a bunch of PDFs for different of different artists who've given us permission to use. And so it's you know it's gonna be a lot of a lot of different um, tiers and lot of different rewards that you're gonna be able to get. Right. Cool. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to to see this, and uh, I'm excited to read it once it comes out. So. Um, and so Andre, but, uh, real quick, where, where can people find you? Where can people okay. find your stuff? Okay. Well, you can find, uh, all the hero unlimited stuff at HeroUnlimited.com. That's H I R O unlimited.com. Um, you can find all of my books there. Um, you can find, uh, actually I'm, I'm part of a, of a, um, group and we're doing a thing called, um, black indie comics. Um, we're doing a distribution channel. So okay. we now we have over 36 books on our in our catalog right now, where you can find uh, Hero Unlimited books plus a bunch of other Black indie books at you know, big discounts. We're really trying to reach for retailers, but you know individuals can go in there and also get get comics at a really big discount. You can reach me there. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at at Redskew R E D S K E W, and um, you can find any number of our um, pages on Facebook: uh, Bovine League, Sisters of Power, Omega Chronicles. They're all on there. Just search for those names. Okay. And and what about you, John? Where can people find you? Um, you can find me grasping tightly onto Andre's coattails. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just on Facebook. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should get a website going. So, I, I'm, I'm on Facebook. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm always looking at the Sisters of Power um, Facebook page. So, that's kind of where I'm looking around for the time being. But, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Where am I? <at? laughs> All right. Well, so thank you very much. This has been great. I'm looking forward to checking out Sisters of Power. And and when you're ready for issue two, issue three, whatever, you know, come back on, guys. This great. has been a great time. Well, thanks, Barney. Really appreciate it. You've been a really good supporter of ours. You know, it's a really it's really important that that you have this show and get this stuff out there to people. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. like in the 90s when you wanted to like download a picture you take eight oh. hours oh my god it was horrible <laughs> you know i remember i remember like my one of my first comics i did and um i said uh, i sent the image digitally to a colorist who's going to color it digitally it's like 1999 and it must have taken i don't know how long it took to send that to him because it was a high res photo you know image it was forever just sat there and click 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 <laughs> And we've become so impatient, though. I mean, I know I have. I mean, I know, you know, maybe other people, but I've become so like, well, I want it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I went into my old Internet Explorer and it was like, we don't accept that. We got to do Google Chrome. <laughs> oh, no. Quick, download, Google, download. Google Chrome eats up so much. Like, I know. I, that's what I have because I'm using it. It does eat up so much. Right. Yeah. Although I am, um, I keep getting invited to Clubhouse, but my uh, my phone is um, my iPhone's a uh, iPhone six, and it won't update to the um, update to thirteen where it needs to. It only, the latest update is twelve point five one, and it won't go any higher. So I can't <laughs> use Clubhouse. And I keep getting invited by all these people like, "Come to Clubhouse, do this." Like, I can't. I can't. <laughs>